Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion, that USDA program. It's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Hello again, Nerdcasters. Scott Bland, your host, and this is another special debate show, our second of the week. Thursday night was the second night of the two-night Democratic debates. Ten candidates on the stage each night in Miami, Florida, broadcast on uh, the NBC channels and Telemundo. And we're going to take a key moment of tonight's debate and play it for you, and then I'm going to be breaking it down with political reporter Chris Catalago. Chris, thank you so much for ducking into this quiet corner of the Politico newsroom on a, on a busy night to, to chat with us for a few minutes. Of course. Anytime for you, Scott. <laughs> All right. Let's get right to it. Here's the moment that Kamala Harris confronted former Vice President Joe Biden on race right in the middle about of the Democratic primary debate. Um, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it is personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly. As Attorney General of California, I was very proud to put in place a, a requirement that all my special agents would wear body cameras and keep those cameras on. All right, Chris, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of pick this apart thought by thought, but what's your initial reaction? I mean, what was your initial reaction while you were watching this? One of the biggest things for me was she, you know, what position was she in when she came into this debate? And the biggest criticism she's faced is that she's been too cautious, that she hasn't really picked her moments. She hasn't really had many moments. All of them have come sort of at the dais in the Senate, you know, not on the campaign trail. And so I think for her, she started off with a couple uh, kind of smaller moments. She had a couple one-liners that she had used, and she probably could have, like, skated and come through the debate, and, and people would have thought she did a nice job. Um, she obviously had this line of attack prepared. She's previewed it before. Her campaign uh, aides have talked about it before. And, you know, it was all in the execution here, and I think people thought she um, uh, did it pretty flawlessly. The thing that stuck out to me was it wasn't just that she prepared this, right? I mean, it, it, obviously, she, she was ready to do this, but, but she made the moment happen. She forced her way into uh, this question, kind of talking over some crosstalk among the candidates, of which there was a lot tonight, talking over some crosstalk and saying that as the only black person on the stage, she needed to be heard on this question of race that some of the other candidates were starting to address. And then she launched into this. It was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation 
of race in this country. So right there, Chris, I mean, she, she she's coming at probably the biggest controversy that's happened in the Democratic primary so far. And that, and that's Joe Biden's comments uh, about segregation of senators that, that used to be his colleagues in the Senate from, from a week or two back. Yeah. And let's look at where she stands. I mean, she's trailing Joe Biden pretty badly. It's very early in states like South Carolina. And Joe Biden has a huge advantage over her among black voters. People, you know, still largely don't know who she is in, in a lot of ways. And so this was a moment, like you say, that she created and one that I think is, is going to resonate, uh, you know, for the fact that that, that it was something that she could talk about uh, affecting her personally. I think, you know, shortly after that, she talked about how had these uh, segregationist um, senators had their ways, you know, she would not be in the U.S. Senate at, the, at that time. So it was, it was in the way that she personalized it. And, um, and I think that's going to hit home for some folks. And now, now we're going to hear what was Vice President Biden's response to this, right? The, mo- the moderators threw it back to him. His name had been invoked, as they say. And so we're, we're going to now hear what, what he had to say about all this. It's a mischaracterization of my position across the board. I did not praise racist. That is not true. Number one. Number two, if we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. I didn't become a prosecutor. Now, that was really interesting. That line, it, it almost felt like Biden was, was about to wrestle control of this moment back yeah. after, after it looking like it, it was going really badly for him, coming at an, an issue that's been a problem for Harris on, on her left, on her prosecutorial record. Yeah, it looked like he might try to take advantage of that and really dig into it, but he sort of backed off pretty quickly, and he and he made this argument that it just wasn't true, and um, this sort of technical argument about what he did support and what he didn't support, and so you know where where he had an opportunity, I, th- I think he sort of backed off on trying to contrast this decision he made early in his life to to be a become a public defender versus the decision that she made, you know, to, to be a prosecutor. And what does that say about each of them? I think he was trying to go somewhere with that, but uh, he just never really followed through. What do you think this means for both of these candidates? Joe Biden, the front runner, Kamala Harris, kind of in that group of the top five candidates in polling and in endorsement, any number of other measures, you know, clearly in the top tier, but not not at, at certainly at Biden's level of public support yet. Yeah, she needed a moment. Uh, folks on, on her campaign feel like he's going to sort of fall back slowly, that there won't be one moment that sort of knocks him down. And so not only was this a way for her to um, sort of try to obliterate this idea that she's too cautious, but also a way to kind of plant the seed in voters' minds that this is someone you can envision on the stage with Donald Trump. That's something that she really tried to do coming into this debate. And, you know, while it was Biden this time, it might be someone else another time. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for stepping aside to, to talk us through this. I think our time is, is just about up here. Actually, those are the exact words that Biden used at the end of kind of a meandering answer that really put an end to the back and forth between him and Harris and he just he seemed to realize that he was going nowhere with this and just decided to let it go. I agree that everybody once they in fact they should, anyway my time's up I'm sorry. Thank you Vice President. Yeah there's plenty more debates plenty more time for him to uh, to come back. All right well thank you so much Chris. Yeah thanks. 
Thank you all in our audience for listening as well. We'll be back with you again next week with a uh, more normal uh, episode. No debates. By the way, if you enjoyed learning about some of the issues in tonight's debate and last night's, we've got just the thing for you. It's Politico's new issue tracker. We've got reporting on the positions of more than 20 candidates on more than 50 issues put together by more than 100 Politico journalists. It's a great reference as we go through the 2020 elections. You can find it at politico.com slash 2020 issues. Once again, thank you as always for tuning in. Thank you to Jenny Ahmed for producing. Thank you to Dave Shaw, who's the executive producer of Politico Audio. And we will see you right back here in our next episode.